This episode is brought to you by Graybar. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products that supports projects of any industry, construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, and more. Yep, Graybar does that. Graybar operates with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. But here's what makes them different from the competition. Being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on-site and on-time is crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network, with over 290 locations across the country, assists owners and professionals build and maintain the operations in their electrical, communications, and industrial world by providing them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. Yep, Graybar does that. To view more information on their services, head to graybar.com. That's G-R-A-Y-B-A-R dot com. Yep, Graybar does that. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. As we speak, I'm in my 38th year of being self-employed, but when my business was bigger, I needed Indeed. Frankly, because I wasn't all that good at finding and hiring the right candidates. But by leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with the right candidates faster. And Golf Smarter listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter. Please visit Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That's Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter. Terms and conditions apply. Do you need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you know what your line goal is of your current clubs? And most of them, of course, say no. And that's okay. A lot of people don't know. But we tell them that the line goals of conventional golf clubs are different in the first place. None of them are the same for any of the clubs. So when you're bending them two degrees flatter, you're bending them and they're all still different. There's nothing the same about them. So with clubs that are designed to fit the individual, to really put them in the perfect posture for uh, center stance ball position or line goal at address, that's what we do you know, with the wrist to floor measurement. And one of the great things too is having clubs that fit you perfectly is that it reduces stress and pressure off the back and spine. You know, a lot of golfers say that, you know, man, I get done and my back hurts. 20 year olds say that too. They're like, you know, there's no way my back's supposed to be hurting. And generally when you're in a sport that hurts when you get done a recreational sport, chances are you're doing something wrong, unless it's boxing. (laughs) Golf Smarter, number 769. Let's shatter some myths and misunderstandings about single-length irons with Matt Lake of One Iron Golf. This is Golf Smarter, sharing stories, tips, and insights from great golf minds to help you lower your score and raise your golf IQ. Here's your host, Fred Green. Welcome to the Golf Smarter Podcast, Matt. Hello, Fred. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for joining me today. This is a topic that I am just so interested to discuss uh, with you today uh, because just recently it feels like one iron, single length irons um, have, have become part of the conversation. Now, I first heard about single length irons uh, in an episode that we did probably in 2006 or seven with your dad. So we've talked about one iron golf a long time ago. And actually just recently on our, uh, our second podcast called Golf Smarter Mulligans, it was episode 76, we brought that back. And once I brought that back, I went, we need an update. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic, yeah. Uh, and he remembers the episode and everything too. And uh, he said, hey, why don't you get your feet wet and, uh, and see if you can offer any new insights uh, to, you know, to the public and your show. So, uh, so it's an honor for us to be a part of your show again. And we really appreciate uh, the time that you provided us. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, because I'm a, I have a lot of questions. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's just start with the concept. What single length irons? I'll let you. I don't even know what to ask. I'll just let you take it from there. Certainly. Well, the concept of single length, uh, single length irons, single length play, uh, were actually around since the beginning. Uh, in the you know back when uh, shafts were hickory shafts and they were custom built. When the game was a gentleman's game, uh, it's it's really nothing new. It's actually how it started. Uh, in golf club design. Uh, over the years, certainly after that, when it became a gentleman's sport, uh, you know, from a gentleman's sport to the masses and rec a recreational sport, uh, that's when the mass production model really came out. Uh, hence, you know, our current clubs off the rack now, varying lengths, uh, they have different line goals, uh, you know, all those different things. Uh, it was just basically for ease of mass production. And one of the questions that we do get is, oh, isn't it easier to mass produce like a seven iron? And we say, yes, it is. But the problem with that is that a seven iron only fits about 9% of the total golfing population, uh, which is why we don't mass produce a single iron set. Uh, certainly, uh, you, you know, years past, uh, Tommy Armour had come out with a set of, of equal length irons. Uh, he based them off a six iron length. And again, he ran into the problem of the ease of mass production model. And for us, uh, even to this day, uh, we do not do anything mass production. All of our clubs are built by club builders with 25 years of experience uh, back in 2006, you know, just uh, uh, not that much of experience. But now after, you know, after about 25 years later, um, you know, from our, from the start of our company, we still do that. So there's a lot of things that we can do with the golf clubs, particularly with the shafting that really benefits the golfer instead of having uh, clubs built on an assembly line, uh, you know, with unskilled labor, basically slapping club heads on sticks. Uh, you know, with no regard to shaft flex plane orientation, things like that. So uh, a lot of golfers don't really know what that is anyway, but, uh, but we do it because we want to make sure uh, consistency. That's the biggest name of the game with single length clubs. They have to be identical in every way in order to promote the greatest degree of consistency in the golf swing from the three iron to the pitching wedge. Um, you know, everything about them has to be identical. The only difference between them. So the club weight is the same. Uh, you know, degrees of offset are the same. Obviously, the length is the same. And really what we're fitting the golfer to uh, is through our wrist to floor measurement, uh, we're fitting them to club length, but more importantly, line angle. And our line angle for all of our clubs, for our irons is 63.5 degrees. So all of those things being identical makes it so much easier for the golfer to swing each club with the same swing speed, 
center ball position. That's what all of our clubs are based on, center ball position, our woods and our driver as well. Uh, so by having all those things identical, the only difference is a precise four degree loft angle progression so that uh, so that the golfer has exact distance gapping of 10 yards between clubs. So it makes it very simple. And, you know, a lot of bogey golfers, double bogey golfers, uh, just assume the distance between their seven and eight iron is 10 yards. Uh, but if you look at the loft angle comparison, that can vary two and a half up to seven degrees between one club. So it's really about four to 16 yards. And you got to really figure out which, you know, which one that is uh, between the clubs. So with everything else being identical with the clubs, uh, the only separation is that four degree for exact 10 yard gapping. So that's really been the basis of our of our system. And that's what we do. It just makes it, it makes it so much easier, less complications, really. Uh, first of all, thank you very much, because I always wondered, how come I'm not getting 10 yard <laughs> difference between, <laughs> how come I'm hitting one club like, you know, like one, this is 125 and this is 140. Wait a minute. That's uh, now you're messing with my head here. And I thought it was <laughs> poor, I thought it was poor mechanics that was doing that. Now, um, it, well, it certainly could be. I mean, uh, it, well, without, it probably is. But. <laughs> but without solid center ball contact, I mean, forget distance, forget accuracy. And the main part of our club design, their cavity-backed perimeter weighted, is that they're just easy, the easiest to get to solid center ball contact with. Uh, you know, that's, that's very important. And the 63.5 degree angle uh, really assists with that. So, uh, so yes, we do uh, wrist-to-floor measurement fitting. Uh, we take a lot into account uh, with that measurement, uh, but certainly uh, that's that's one of the big inconsistencies. How many times have you been up on a you know par three, for instance, and a guy you know hits his shot and lands it just a yard or two you know next to next to the hole, and another golfer comes I'll, up? I'll and stop says, you right there. That doesn't happen very often. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Getting that close to the pin on a par three. Go <laughs> you know, somebody doing his buddies are high fiving them and everything, and somebody will say, "Hey, what did you use there?" And he's like, well, I use my eight iron. He's like, oh, well, I was going to use my seven iron. You know, I'm, I'm glad I asked you. I would have, you know, so he grabs his eight iron and he's five to six yards short of the green itself. We're you in know? the water, yeah. Yeah, we're in the water. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so every manufacturer is different when they have that too. And a lot of people don't really get that. They're like, well, my five iron, I can hit this 170 yards. And it's like, well, that's great. But, you know, what's what's the loft angle? And they're like, what? <laughs> it's like, well, that really helps determine it. And certainly over the years, uh, golf manufacturers have strengthened that loft angle uh, to, to kind of give the idea that you're hitting your current five iron, you know, further than your the other manufacturer's five iron. And they've been doing it for so much. That's why one and two irons are gone. You know, you never really see one and two. And nowadays you're starting to see three irons are going away and four irons. Well, the because of the popularity strong. of hybrids too, right? Well, the popularity well, of those clubs. Well, and that's what they did as a result of strengthening them. So, uh, you know, a number of years ago, uh, that was supposed to be a gentleman's agreement in the golf industry that a five iron was going to have a particular loft angle. Uh, but um, a few companies uh, decided to go against that as a competitive advantage. And they said they baked all this technology into their clubs and, uh, you know, and, and all this and, you know, had lasers pointing and, you know, AI and all this other uh, different marketing hype that they did. And really all they did was strengthen the loft angle by about two to three degrees uh, for that five iron compared to the old one. So yeah, you're going to get more distance with a five iron that's stronger lofted than a five iron that isn't. So that's something that we've tried to not to not do. And, you know, there are a number of companies, if you look at the loft angles now compared to what they were 10 years ago, you'll see what I'm talking about. And of course, it's all this new technology built in. And there have been great technological advances in golf, golf club design. Absolutely. But, you know, kind of that uh, appearance of I need to hit my five iron 
you know, 170 yards, it's like, well, what is the loft angle that you're used to? You know, so a lot of golfers don't really know that too. And, uh, you know, so that's, uh, that's certainly a kind of a, kind of a bit of trickery in the golf world and all of them do it too, but we like to have a three iron, you know, we like to have, uh, you know, a four iron, uh, the hybrids, as you brought up hybrid clubs, uh, are to replace those other clubs. So what they found is by doing that, and they were like, wait, well, hey, you know, we're making this three iron so difficult to hit, not just because the loft is so strong, but the line goal is very flat. It's about 56, 57 degrees, and that's very flat. So it's not so much the length of it, because it's really long, it's all those things combined make it difficult to get to solid center ball contact with. So they looked for an opportunity there, and they came out with hybrids. They came out with hybrids, uh, you know, to get you those distances and things, uh, and realistically, that's what spurned the, uh, you know, the growth of, um, you know, of hybrids was that, you know, these, some of these clubs were just so hard to hit, uh, you know, to get to solid center ball contact, people were abandoning them. And we understand, I mean, we see more three irons as tomato steaks and gardens than in golf bags on a golf course, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but that, it, it really helped the hybrid industry, uh, you know, for that, uh, you know, and that's one of the big reasons is the loft angles were just so strong. The line angle had to be flattened too, and it just made it very difficult. So that's when they came out with hybrids. And it's been great for them too. They love it. They're making more money per club on hybrids than they are a set of golf clubs, set of irons. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're talking to Matt Lake of One Iron Golf, and we will be back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mammals at ModernMammals.com, where you get 10% off when you use the code GOLFSMARTER. Now, if you were to ask me what my greatest asset was, you may be surprised that I wouldn't take more than a blink of an eye to tell you that it was my hair. Every barber I've had in my life raves about my hair, and even today, I get jealous comments because I still have a full head of healthy hair. Well, that's why I'm so happy that we have Modern Mammals showing their support for the Golf Smarter community. Modern Mammals' goal is to keep your hair and head natural. That means they don't distort your pH balance and natural oils like normal shampoos would. And unlike shampoos, the products from Modern Mammals don't have harsh detergents that suds up and dry out your hair and head. And unlike conditioners, they don't leave your hair limp and frizzy. Instead, they lightly clean your hair and scalp, cleansing hair while protecting its strength and texture. And their products are designed to make your hair feel thicker. So go to ModernMammals.com and use the code GOLFSMARTER. That's one word, GOLFSMARTER, for 10% off. That's ModernMammals.com. And use that GOLFSMARTER checkout code for 10% so they know that we sent you. And there's a link in our show notes to go directly to the GOLFSMARTER landing page. ModernMammals.com. Yeah, Matt, I, I, you know, I play the ping G yellow dot irons and I can't tell you how difficult it's been when I want to find out what are the lie angled for these clubs, how hard it is to find that online. Mm -hmm. It's like they don't want you to know. Yes, that's correct. Oh, really? <laughs> you, yeah. You're agreeing with me. Wait a minute. It, it really is. Easy. And, and what we love is we love true transparency. And on our website, if you click into the specifications, you're gonna get the exact specifications. The club head weight, uh, the, the line goal, which is consistent. The line goals are, are all the, you know, they're all gonna be the same. 
Uh, and, and again, we fit that line goal to the individual based on their risk to floor measurement. Because uh, we realized, you know, years ago that, um, you know, one club length, uh, there's no way that a club length can fit in everybody, just like a, a set of golf clubs off, off a golf rack. Those are designed for someone who's 5'3 and someone who's 6'7. Like it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, you know? And, uh, and so for us, and my, my father too, I remember I was in high school at the time. It was a good number of years ago when he came up with the idea. And of course I was his test bunny. So, and it <laughs> made perfect sense. I was trying to learn a game and it's very difficult. You know, it's very strong. You know, you, you struggle with it, you know, quite a bit. And that really put a lot of golfers off, you know, when they first start. And we have customers that, you know, are, you know, from 20s up to in their hundreds that are still actually playing our clubs. And a lot of them, when they first start, they say this game is so frustrating because I have to learn so many different things. You know, it, it doesn't really make any sense. So then once they see our company or hear about it, they're like, hey, I've always thought about that. You know, why can't I have clubs that are all the same and that they fit me, you know? And uh, so it, it is it is a frustrating game to learn for sure. Much more frustrating to master is a lot of us know, <laughs> you know, it's very, very difficult. But with uh, with manufacturers, what's what's tough is the specifications, you can certainly find them, uh, they're, but they're not, uh, you know, really prominently displayed. And we want to have that. We want to have total transparency of what the line angle is, what our loft angles are, the progression of our loft angle, our degrees of offset, bounce angle. But realistically, uh, a lot of golfers don't even really know what that is. You know, they don't know what those metrics are. Uh, they just, you know, maybe some of them will read it in a golf magazine and say, hey, you know, I've heard my degrees of offset need to be this, or I need a flatter line angle because of this. And uh, and we tell them, well, we read that article too, <laughs> you know. But do you know exactly what that is that that means? Uh, especially with a line angle, you know, we get asked that. You know, can I have these bents, you know, two degrees flat? And I tell them, well, do you know what your line angle is of your current clubs? And most of them, of course, say no, you know, and that's okay. A lot of people don't don't know. Um, but we tell them that the line angles of conventional golf clubs are different in the first place. They're none of them are the same for any of the clubs. So when you're bending them two degrees flatter. You're, you're bending them and they're all still different. There's nothing the same about them. So with clubs that are designed to fit the individual, to really put them in the perfect posture, uh, you know, for uh, center stance ball position, for line angle at address, that's really, that's what we do, you know, with the wrist to floor measurement. And one of the great things too, is uh, having clubs that fit you, uh, that fit you perfectly, is that it reduces stress and pressure off the back and spine. You know, a lot of golfers say that, you know, man, I get I get done and my back hurts. I mean, you know, 20 year olds say that too. They're like, you know, there's no way that my back's supposed to be hurting. And generally when you're in a sport uh, that that hurts, you know, it hurts when you get done a recreational sport. So chances are you're doing something wrong, you know, unless it's boxing, <laughs> you know, or maybe you're doing that wrong, too. I don't know. <laughs> you know? But uh, but the idea that, you know, a tennis player would have 11 different tennis rackets, you know, or a baseball player has nine different bats for what they're trying to do, uh, you know, it just it just doesn't really make you know a whole lot of sense. You know, different lengths well, bats or different. I can you know. just imagine. I could just imagine a batter coming up with a shorter bat, and they're going, "Okay, he's just trying to get the ball on the ground, right? <laughs> he's not he's not going for the fences here. You can't give up to the competition what your your strategy is. So oh, you exactly. Have to play with one, one bat. <laughs> you know, it's funny too because we hear, you know, it's not the arrows, it's the Indian. But we but what we always say to them is, well. Uh, imagine how accurate an Indian would be with varying length arrows, <laughs> you know, all right, here, you got this big one, you know, here's this small one, you know, for your short chop doesn't really seem to work. It's actually, you know, it, it's, um, it's the relationship between the equipment and, uh, and the individual, you know, and, and, and whatever it is that they're doing. But 
but realistically, with 11 different irons, that's something that pe it really surprises people, you know, our customers too, uh, when they purchase our clubs is uh, they, of course, you want to take them to the range as you would any new set of golf clubs, uh, you know, and play with all your toys and everything. But realistically, after you take them all there, you only have to practice with one of them. You know, practice that's awesome. with, yeah, practice with the four iron, five iron, you're practicing with the rest of them. So. Wow. That's, yeah. yeah. That's that's fascinating in itself. Now, are you saying that that in the early days of of these, all of a sudden, you know, big companies are getting bigger because they're selling more and more golf clubs, but that they went to different lengths because of mass production. That's correct. Yeah, it was easier to mass really? produce the set, and that's why golfers. Yeah, you know, how many how many golfers don't you know, have a favorite golf have a favorite iron in their bag? Yeah, every sure. golfer has some favorite iron, and a lot of times that does match with their wrist to floor measurement. Some golfers, it's a three iron. You know, these guys, some of these guys, we have ex-NBA players that are over seven feet tall. That's the club that they like to play with because they're standing upright. They know they can hit it. Now they get this little tiny wedge, and they're all hunched over. So, uh, so yeah, so for mass production purposes, it was just easier to have one set of bearing length uh, with the manufacturers knowing that, uh, there are a few clubs in there that come close to fitting the individual. And so you see that grouping of about two or three irons. That's like, I know I can hit these on the screws. And that's fantastic. Uh, kind of back to our, our point earlier about distance gapping with clubs too. If a golfer has a favorite iron, they're going to swing that club a little bit faster than the rest of them. So that swing speed is part of the component of distance. Uh, distance mm -hmm. is, uh, is swing speed, solid center ball contact, and the loft angle of the club that's being used. That's, those are really the metrics to, to distance ultimately. So if a, if a golfer knows that they can just nail their six iron or nail their seven iron, they're going to swing that club a little bit faster than they will the club above and below it. So that does kind of mess up distance gapping too. Uh, knowing that they can hit it on the screws, they're going to swing that faster. So with our clubs all being the same, if they can hit one on the screws, they can hit them all on the screws. They're all exactly the same uh, with, with the exception of the loft angle. So... So that's something that's, that's certainly big too. Yeah, because distance control, as we all know, that's that's huge, especially with wedge play. You know, and yeah. we get questions about wedges all the time. Well, hey, these longer wedges, I'm going to have longer golf shots. And shaft length doesn't have anything to do with, with distance whatsoever. Uh, it's a radial arm length equation is really what it is. And uh, so the shaft length doesn't matter. Uh, it's those three metrics, swing speed, solid contact, and the loft angle of the club. So with wedges, what we tell our customers is, you know, a lot of them are like, well, you know, I've had my wedges, I've played these forever, so I just really want, you know, my long irons, you know, which we don't have long irons or short irons. Uh, you know, they say, mm -hmm. I'm so comfortable with my wedges, and we tell them, well, that's because you play them all the time. <laughs> you know, you're playing them too much. It's <laughs> time to stick those scoring shots, you know, the second shot, the third shot, even the fourth shot, you know, at times, you know, get those scoring shots on the green, and then you're putting, you know, and that's... Um, that's really what we want to do. But with wedges, certainly uh, what they what they realize is that they're more accurate with uh, wedges that, that fit them. Now, they can still choke down on them, move the ball position around. You know, if you need to get over a hill, you know, things like that. Uh, there's no one right way to chip or pitch. As we know, there's so many different ways. And, you know, I've, I've seen a guy that used his three wood to chip and pitch with. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, hey, well, you know, what are you doing? That's going against everything. He's like, well, one time I was real frustrated with my wedge. So I pulled out my three wood as a joke and I hit it and it went in. So I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure your follow-up question was, has it ever gone in again? 
Yeah, exactly. Never had. <laughs> Not like, never had. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I've gotten close. And I'm like, well, I guess that's what wedge play is, you know? So like you said about, you know, obsessive golfers, they're very superstitious when it comes to things like that too. So. I'm fascinated. You're here. You are. Um, I'm assuming that your dad is either not involved or getting out of the business, and you're taking over the family business here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely involved. You know, we definitely yeah. uh, we communicate all the time, and uh, you know, we definitely love to uh, we love to have that. I mean, we're a, a veteran-owned and operated company too. Uh, both of us yeah. are prior military members and everything, and uh, and, we, and we love. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was an honor for sure. And, uh, and so, you know, so we love to work. That's just, you know, that's just part of our ethics. So yeah, it's a transition, but he's always going to be plugged in. Uh, that's how anybody is with uh, something that they begin, you know? So is he's handing the keys over to the kid, the kid's thinking, (laughs) how do I make, how do I make this business bigger? Right. Mm -hmm. The whole idea is how do I grow the business? Well, Mm -hmm. that always comes with scalability, doesn't it? I mean, how you, this is not a scalable process that you're doing obviously if you're customizing for everyone and you you Mm -hmm. can't have relationships with big box stores or any other kind of pro shops you can say send them to us but you don't i mean it's like how do you grow a business like that oh well yeah absolutely scale is always a big a big question and uh, you know over over the years we've grown and we've grown into the scale so Mm -hmm. if uh you know if if we you know we definitely don't do anything um you know when it comes to completed clubhead design of mass production. We, we never will do that. You know, we always want to make sure that our customers are getting the very best that they can because uh, we're a very customer focused business. You know, we're not a product focused business. Uh, so we love the interaction with our customers. Uh, you know, we're very open with them, you know, about what we do and everything too, uh, because that's what's important. We're not product focused. We never really, we never wanted to be, you know, uh, we've sponsored pros years ago, uh, decided that's just not a good fit for us. You know, because a pro is instinctually going to want something different, you know, than what the, you know, what the public's, what the public is going to play. And we see that today with all these golf manufacturers. They'll just have their name stamped on a, a set of clubs. And this person, you know, that golfer, that professional golfer is not playing anything near that. I mean, their set's about $15,000, you know, custom for them. So just, you know, a lot of problems. And it really kind of pushed us more into a product focused mindset when we were sponsoring pros because they were telling us these things about what they wanted but what you know a pro golfer wants is not the best thing for someone that wants to go out and just you know and just shoot par one day or you know or shoot their shoot their age you know it's just not the same and if you know if any uh if anybody played a professional golfer's clubs i mean no consistency whatsoever (laughs) you know they wouldn't be able to hit you know by one out of ten shots yeah it'd be terrifying you know, and that's just, um, you know, that's, that's really how it is for them. So as our scale grows, so do we, and we've known this for a number of years that eventually this was going to happen, you know, and, uh, mm. that, that, you know, not, you know, not necessarily that a pro was going to in particular, but it just made so much sense, you know, to really do it. And then, um, you know, when Bryson came out, um, you know, when Bryson DeChambeau uh, came on tour, uh, we were really one of the only, you know, one of the only manufacturers in the game with single length clubs. And everything too. So, so I want to talk more about Bryson, but let's take another break, and then we'll do that when we come back. Okay. The biggest topic of conversation for 2020 on the PGA Tour seems to have been, or seems to continue to be, Bryson DeChambeau, and which Bryson's going to show up is <laughs> like 
is it you know the one at the masters or who is kind of baffled and confused all day or or the one who just hits the ball so far that everyone's kind of jaws on the ground mm -hmm. but the thing is this mad scientist of golf bryson DeChambeau, is the only player that i i think is the only player on tour playing single length irons true that's true. Yeah. On uh, that, that anybody would know their name of. Yes. It would be Bryson DeChambeau. And for obvious reasons, one in the open and everything. And, you know, congratulations to him for everything that he's done, too. It, it's really. Um, congratulations you know, and thank you. Yeah. Um, no, not necessarily. Uh, we've been independent <laughs> of him because <laughs> we've been doing, no, but we, I mean, you know. But he's getting people to talk about the idea. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and winning, you know, winning, everybody wants to, you know, follow a winner and things like that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, but we've been doing this. We've been solely focusing on single length clubs since he was in diapers, you know, uh, knowing that it was, you know, knowing that it, it, it's just it's a very common sense approach, you know, to, to golf. And that's, you know, what my father's uh, ideals all, all along were, you know, it's just common sense. It's like if clubs fit you and you can swing them the same and everything's identical. Like it, it just makes, you know, the number one thing that it does, it makes the game more fun. Yeah, that's really what we're trying to do. You know, we're not, we don't want to go out and have some, you know, a uh, customer, okay, hey, you're going to be on the PGA tour with these or nothing like that. We like, we want you to have more fun. We want your buddies to be buying you lunch, <laughs> you know, or maybe a round of beers at the end or something like that. But more, you know, but really having fun and watching your scores drop instead of constantly berating yourself, you know, how I can get better. I need to go to the range more with all my clubs and I need to, you know, I'm, this is my year. I'm doing it this year. I'm going to show how good I can get. And then they take a winner off and then they go back and they got to basically redo it again, you know? Yeah. And um, so that's really, that's really the basis of it. But absolutely, uh, you know, it, it would, you know, without question, um, you know, the idea of, you know, it's not as much of an uphill battle for us as it was in the past, because there is a pro out there that's, you know, that's winning, uh, you know, based on single length technology. Absolutely. Um, but the great thing is, and, and we love his personality. We really do because it seems like golfers personalities, if you've noticed, Remember, like back in the day, you know, it was like Chichi Rodriguez, you know, and like Mo Norman, these very distinct personalities of guys, you know, that that you can really wrap around and just love, you know, follow them and everything. It seems like Bryson, you know, Bryson, and there are a couple others that have that very distinct personality, and that's really what we love about him, you know, are, are those kinds of things. It, it really helps bring the interest back into the game by having these distinct personalities instead of more of like kind of a, a vanilla, uh, you know, type type of flavor for uh, you know for a lot of golfers. And that's what we loved about it, you know, is that, um, you know, is that that's how he is. But it, it is funny, too, thinking about like old mad scientists, like you say, you know, he's like, oh, and I got all these equations for my new driver and everything. And I'm going to like, it's like, but if you think about everything he's saying, uh, us as well, you know, if we get really nerd into the physics of, you know, of golf club design of, of our formula of how we, you know, we get to all these things, uh, you step back and say, well, I mean, it makes sense having identical everything, same setup at address. Uh, you know, your swing's the same, you have a 10 yard gapping between clubs, but all that, you know, noise of equations and everything have to go into getting there that you take a step back and say, you know, it just makes sense. And, uh, and that's what we love is the simplicity of it. Uh, you know, for clubs that fit, uh, you know, for clubs that fit our customers, that's the, that's the biggest thing is having a proper fit. So, uh, you know, when Cobra came out, all these start, these companies started coming out of the woodworks, you know, for, uh, offering single length clubs and, uh, and, and realistically our customization still, you know, sets us apart. You know, we don't want to do mass production. We love, you know, having, you know, more, not like a, 
um, it was like a hands-on approach, you know, with uh, that much experience of club building. We love that. And our customers love it too. They can tell. And the club design, when they hit them, uh, they know exactly where that, uh, you know, where that's all going. So we don't want to get to big mass production manufacturing. It's just not really what we want to do, you know. So we love. Where are you guys based? Uh, so we're based in Ohio. Uh, I'm currently in uh, currently in Ohio, uh, and uh, so that's where our manufacturing facility is. Uh, our club builders didn't want to move, so we had a manufacturing facility there for them. You know, just to, uh, you know let them let them stay where they wanted. And uh, so that's where that's where our, uh, that's where we currently manufacture um, you know, our, our clubs and everything is, is in Ohio. So. OK. OK. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, actually, I'm fascinated how many different lines of clubs. Let's just talk about irons for now. Sure. Because I know that you have wedges and you have woods and drivers. Let's just talk about the irons. How many different product lines of irons do you have available to the public? Three. Yeah, we have three, three different iron three. lines. And how long have you had three different iron lines? Uh, we launched our, our Blackstone line uh, recently, um, about uh, about a year and a half ago uh, is when we launched our Blackstones. That's our, our new uh, latest and greatest. Uh, you know, we had talked about with uh, loft angles, uh, you know, being very inconsistent and things like that. Uh, we took the numbering completely off of the clubs, the seven, eight, nine, and we put the loft angle directly on there. And, uh, and, you know, you would think that'd be kind of difficult to wrap your mind around. I was like, well, I, I understand like a seven and an eight. And what our customers found is that it's so easy for them to transition to a loft angle because with that set, we, um, we provide distance clips with those too. Uh, oh. So, yeah. So like the 47 degree, okay. That's our kind of quote unquote pitching wedge. Uh, a pitching wedge loft varies 41 up to 51 degrees in the conventional yeah. world. Yeah. Ours is 47. So if they know, it's really important to know the carry distance, right? Yeah. That's a lot, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when that ball's in the air and when it hits the ground, I mean, that point of, of contact, that's really what you want to know because, uh, because let's say the course is super dry. After that ball hits, it's going to roll a little extra, per, you know, a little, a little further. Uh, if it's wet, then it's going to hit and typically stop or hopefully not plug, but it won't roll as far. So the carry distance is really the ball in the air. And then when it comes down and hits the ground, that's really the distance that you want to know. And if it's dry, if it's nominal conditions, you know what kind of roll you're going to get afterwards. So let's say with a 47 degree, their carry distance is 100 yards, just for example. And we have this clip that has 100 on it and they clip it right on the shaft, right above the club head. And then whenever they need their 100 yard club, you know, their 100 yard carry club, they pull that. They just look for that distance clip and pull the club out. So they don't have to memorize loft angle to distance. And then again, the great thing about having a four degree separation between our clubs for precise 10 yard gapping is that if the 47 degree is their 100 yard club, then the 43 degree is going to be their 110 yard club. So if you know the distance with one of our clubs, simply add or subtract 10 yards as you go up and down and loft and just put these clips all the way, all the way on. So when you need your 160 yard club, look for that clip and pull the club out. And it stays on through shot impact and everything. So it's a it's a great way to get rid of the old seven iron, eight iron. You know, because if you line up every manufacturer's seven iron, you're going to hit each one of them at different distances. You yeah, know, sure. and, and and so we, we've never liked that because it's like, okay, well, now we're part of that game, you know, where we have a seven iron and now it's a different distance. Sometimes it's further than, an, uh, uh, you know, a customer's old set. Uh, sometimes it's less. So we instead just did the loft angles directly. And by doing that, it already removes one ingrained bad habit 
is that, you know, the mind tells the body, you need to swing this club with a number four on it faster than this club with a number eight on it. You know, with our clubs, it, that's not the case. It's, it's, it's exactly the same. So if you remove that simple numbering of a seven, eight, nine, which don't really mean anything anyway, it's an arbitrary designation is really what it is. Uh, once you remove that, then uh, that it helps, you know, helps quicken the acclimation period because the golfer knows I hit this club exactly like this club. There's no four on it. There's no five on it. So that that mind doesn't go in there. Be like, okay, I really got a muscle. This is my four iron here. You know, they don't do that. So, uh, so, you know, definitely, definitely our most popular set uh, are Blackstones for that reason. Obviously how we, how we designed them to, uh, they're, uh, the club head itself, uh, has a, a physical vapor deposition that we bond to the stainless steel underneath. So it really helps with ball compression. And uh, something we did too, all the grooves, uh, you know, the scoring lines or the grooves, even the two perpendicular, we paint filled those white. And we did that because it's the best visual alignment aid at address that we've ever found. You know, how many times have golfers had a nine iron shot to the green and they hit it, they hit it solid, you know, they got their distance, but it was five feet to the left of the green or five feet to the right. And they were just off alignment by about a degree, maybe a degree and a half. But back that up with a five iron in, in, in their hand, it's going to be off five to 10 yards. So, uh, so we paint filled those so that having that basically a box of scoring lines next to that golf ball, they know exactly where that golf ball is going, you know? So it is one of the things that, that we really wanted to aid golfers with, with accuracy. I always have, you know, problems like, man, I can hit these irons. I just don't know where they're going, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so we built that alignment aid right into the golf club as well. So, yeah. yeah so well, that's I mentioned earlier. I mentioned earlier that uh, uh, Golf Smarter Mulligans episode 76 was our original conversation with your dad, David Lake, uh, talking about one iron golf. Uh, but right now, let's take a break and let me throw it over to Fred to tell you what's on Golf Smarter Mulligans this week. So this conversation about single length irons is more prominent today than any other time in golf history. But it's not a new conversation. Hey, we started the discussion in 2009 with David Lake that was republished in episode 76 of Golf Smarter Mulligans. And that's what I like about our other podcast from the archives of Golf Smarter is that in golf, like history, everything seems to repeat itself or is relevant much longer than this week's tour stop. So this week, an episode that was only available to our paid for members only listeners, we finally make public part two with Jesse Ortiz. We opened this episode to questions from listeners, and sure enough, we got the opinion about single length clubs from a legendary club designer. What do you really think of single length golf irons? The two things that determine distance are loft of the head and the length. Does the length really dictate as much as the loft? They are about equal. Really? That's okay. why if you look at your irons, they're all in half-inch increments. Right. That way they give you about 15 yards difference. Because if you had a 5 and a 6 iron and they were both the same length, there would probably be about 7 yards difference between the two of them. Now, if you take the 6 iron and you cut it half an inch shorter, your arc is shorter. So that reduces the distance. Now you're 15 yards difference between a 5 iron and a 6 iron. I would say for golfers with slower swing speeds, they really don't get a true 12 or 15 yard gap between each iron. A concept like that might have some merit for some golfers and they could control the ball better. 
That's episode 85 of Golf Smarter Mulligans, featuring part two with Jesse Ortiz, who at the time was with Bobby Jones Golf, and it's being released this Friday. Both Golf Smarter and Golf Smarter Mulligans are free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please subscribe, and when you do, you'll be notified immediately when a brand new episode of either has downloaded to your favorite podcast app. Well, I'm really glad that you you mentioned that you have these tags, but it seems, you know, because I, I was thinking about how many times do people go, oh, I pulled out the wrong club, mm-hmm. right? And then oh, you tell me now, you know, because of the length, usually it's like, wait a minute, this isn't a nine iron. I know this is a six, right? It's like, this <laughs> doesn't make sense, right? So so now you're just looking at numbers like, ah, oh, which number is which? I can't remember what, you know, unless you have a... a a bag that you can have slots for each one and you'll know where they go, but that never works either. Right. Um, so it, it's, but you still need a little guide, right? You guys still provide some sort of guide that says, yeah, this is really your seven iron. Right? No, not at These all. Yeah. Tags. Yeah. We want to, we want to completely remove that. Cause like we said, you know, yeah, as a, as crazy. a, yeah, as like a competitive thing that, uh, you know, the golf industry does, they strengthen loft angles on a five iron. And it's really to give the illusion that they're hitting this five iron further just by strengthening the loft angle. Sure. And, sure. you know, so, so what does that five really mean? What does it, what does it mean? You know, it, it, it only means what it means to the individual that's hitting it. So they, you know, just like with any new set of clubs, you know, golfers have to go out, they have to figure out what their distances are with their seven iron, with their six iron. And obviously a lot of them are really happy. Hey, I'm, I just gained six more yards. with my <laughs> seven iron this is great. You know? And it's like, well, you didn't do anything. They just strengthened the loft angle. They basically made it a five iron. <laughs> you know? So, uh, so kind of going away from that. And, you know, we our, our other two lines of clubs that we have too have the traditional club numberings on them. But a lot of our customers, they know that we have, and they're called distance clips. That's what we put. Uh, those are the clips um, that, uh, that, we, that you put on the clubs and they're in increments of 10. And uh, the, even with, the, you know, our pro lines and our, our one iron line, uh, they were like, can I, can I still get those? Or some golfers that, don't even um you know that that aren't even customers they see these distance clips like where can i get these can i you know can i get these and put these on my clubs because the distance is really what's important not a number you know not a five or a four or anything like that so that certainly helps with the transition from loft angle which is again one of the key metrics to distance is the loft angle and that's what we we help them with but realistically after i'd say about three or four rounds they already know what their club is Sure. Just like with the numbers. So, yeah, a lot of them don't even really look at those numbers, but very convenient to have it if you're like, oh, gosh, I forgot. What's my 31 degree? Is that my idea? <laughs> oh, yeah, here. Okay, here we go. <laughs> right. So you mentioned the Blackstones, but you mm-hmm. said you had three lines and the other two lines are? Uh, our one iron line and uh-huh. our pro line. Mm-hmm. So okay. get- And one iron line, that sounds like a Johnny Cash song. <laughs> one, iron, one iron line. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so what's the difference does. between what's the difference between the three sets? The same length, they get the same lies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the, what's the difference? Yeah, how we manufacture the club heads and the shafting is different. So really, uh, with um, really with our, um, our our one iron line, uh, they have uh, you know a, a lot of golfers really like to have mass behind the club head, and a lot of golfers too say they can't hit their three and four and even their five iron in a lot of instances. Uh, because the club head's too light. It's like they feel like they're hitting rocks, you know, when, whenever mm-hmm. they're out there. It's like, man, this club has just gotten so light. It's like it hurts, like when I hit, like I feel like, you know, it just doesn't feel right. So with our one iron line, 
uh, what we did, uh, we added a little bit extra mass uh, to the cavity of that of that club head. And uh, so it's about the swing weight of, of about a conventional eight iron is really what it is. And golfers love to have that that kind of mass. Uh, as you progress through the lines from the one iron pro line and the Blackstones, you have an upgraded club head uh, and an upgraded shafting too. So with all three of our lines, we spine line and pure each of the golf shafts. Uh, a lot of golfers aren't familiar with that process, but that's something that we preserved with all three lines because we built them by hand. And very quickly, what that is, that process is, is that every golf shaft has a spine. Now you can manufacture two golf shafts identical to each other, and the spine will be different, uh, you know, on both of those, on both of those, uh, both those shafts. So what we do is they take special equipment and a skilled hand to find the spine of a golf shaft, but we find it and we properly orient it to the club face. And a number of great things happen by doing that. Uh, impact shock is one of them. You know, how many times, you know, you hit the ground, you just bury that club head into the ground, you feel it all the way to your elbows, like you're reverberating all the way through your arms. Uh, the spine properly absorbs that impact shock. Um, so that's one of the things that, that we do it. But also, if, uh, if the golf shaft is not oriented properly to the, if the spine is not properly oriented to the club face, then it'll wobble in its backswing as it tries to oscillate to that spine. So spine line impuring, and then you can YouTube it and see what it looks like. Uh, spine line impured versus non-spine line golf shaft, and you can and you can see it. So the shot pattern, uh, the shot pattern, its dispersion uh, is is a, is a much wider uh, shot pattern than if it's properly spine line impured. Because our biggest thing is that we want every shot to be identical to each other. So that's one of the processes that we do on all of our golf shafts. We even do it with graphite shafts too, even though with our driver even though the spine of a graphite shaft isn't as pronounced as it is with an iron shaft. Uh, but we do that because we want to make sure that there's just no difference between the shots whatsoever. And, you know, some golfers say, well, that's great. If you're a really good golfer, you're going to notice those kinds of things. But that doesn't matter to us. We want the worst golfer in the world to play with the best equipment that a really great golfer is going to. So that's one of the processes that we perform since we custom build, you know, the orders by hand. So the one iron line is a, uh, it does have a little bit more mass behind the club head because that's what some golfers want. They want to hit that that golf ball and boom, it just hits. Uh, and um, having that, we also install uh, oversized grips on our clubs too. And that certainly aids in impact shock as well. And one of the things that we've noticed is that golfers get older, they tend to not want to hit the ground anymore. It hurts, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. So they tend to go to like a hybrid style where it's more sweeping the ball, you know, and, and things like that. But anything designed, any club designed to hit and pinch the ground, uh, you know, it really makes it much more accurate. And that's why iron play is very accurate, hits the ground. Even if it doesn't take up a big, big divot, when it hits the ground, it tends to square away that club face, uh, you know, to promote that accuracy where hybrids are designed to kind of sweep, you know, the ball off, kind of like a driver. Uh, you know, a driver club head is not designed to come in contact with the ground. Uh, typically when it does, an expletive follows by a really bad second shot, <laughs> right? <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so uh, our pro lines we designed for distance. So it requires yeah. different tip prep at the shaft, uh, different shafting uh, model for that. It's lighter in club head weight, uh, you know, for uh, more increased swing speed, swing speed as well. And uh, so that's our uh, that's our kind of our middle line is our our pro line iron, and that's really what they're designed for. We wanted to help with uh, capitalize on distance. So with those, sure. we wanted to have a driving iron. Uh, you know, like a true driving iron, about that of a of a conventional three wood, and a three wood is about 16, anywhere from like about 15 to 17 degrees of loft. Uh, so with the pro lines, the three iron is a 17 degree, 
Uh, there are a lot of golfers that say, if I pull a wood out, I'm shooting a 90 today. If I keep my woods in my bag, I'm shooting a 70 today. <laughs> so they really want to have that, uh, you know, that, that iron that, uh, that can really get them out there, you know, really get them out there in, in, in the center too, you know, it, in, in terms of, of accuracy with it. So we developed those and we followed the same four degree loft angle progression of, um, you know, 17. And then the next, the next one, the four iron will be four degrees different. So that one is stronger in loft than the other two clubs, not because of the manufacturers and how they strengthen clubs with that appearance or anything, but that's really what we wanted. You know, we wanted to have a driving iron that was the equivalent to about a three wood. And uh, so that loft angle progression is four degrees all the way through, just like the one irons, just like the Blackstones. So the only difference is that four degree uh, separation on there. So. so then if the, the Blackstone you mentioned is just about a year and a half old uh, mm -hmm. as far as what you're offering, what are the unique challenges for your designers? I mean, they're kind of, now, I don't want to say boxed in because every golf club designer is boxed in because there's regulations and rules that you have to be within, right? Absolutely. But if you guys are saying, yeah, we're going to do it this way, this way, and that's it, what are the unique challenges for your designers? And what's oh, next? It's, that's the great thing. Yeah. It's, it, you know, and that's what's exciting, you know, is what is coming next, right? Mm. You know, we definitely, we're not a company that just rests on the laurels and say, oh, no, we've already come out with it. It's perfect. Let's just, you know, uh, you know, let's just st stick with what we got, right? There are a lot of different advances in drivers, driver technology, uh, you know, fairway wood design, and even a putter, you know, and, uh, and our putter is our next one. It's a single length putter uh, design that we're coming out with. Uh, it, it'll uh, be available around Thanksgiving or so. And uh, uh, that's 2020. That's, uh, this year. In, yes, sir. Yes. Okay. And we've been in design with that for three years. And uh, the wow. putter is a very difficult uh, club to really, to really get down because it, it's just, you know, there's no one right way to putt. And I've seen right. golf, golfers do all kinds of goofy things when they're putting. Like, you know, again, I, I did it this one time and it works, so I'm going to keep doing it. And <laughs> and uh, so, but what we found is that, you know, the the putter length too, uh, you know, is another element, uh, you know, of that equation. You know, most putters are about 35 inch, you know, around there. Uh, but, you know, we, we feel that with our putter design, how it's weighted, uh, you always hear about face balancing, right? Uh, face balance putter. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, you have to face balance putter, okay? I mean, you can't, no, no, this one's non-face balanced. It's great. I tried, I promise. Nothing like that. So we definitely face balance, balance the putter, but we shaft balanced it and grip balanced it too. So it is a, it is much, it, it's a, it's a heavier club total, but one of the great things about that kind of balance and, and, and it's, it's weight to it is that it won't wobble in that, in the backswing, you know, even just a little putter backstroke. If that putter head is really, really light, and we tested so many different designs, so many different weights, and everything, is that that'll move in the bag? It'll go, you know, go up and down. So we would say, oh, I pushed it or I pulled it, you know. And certainly you can do that too. But if the weight is there and it's a significant amount of weight, it's not going to move or deviate as much from the path that uh, you know the the practice swing. And that's really what we wanted. But you know, with, with the length too, you know, we're looking at uh, you know golfers of all sizes. Because the height of the golfer doesn't really matter too much, you know. Uh, you know, some guys have longer necks and bigger heads than other guys, you know, and that that doesn't do anything for a golf swing. Uh, certainly, tip to tip wingspan of you know fingertip to fingertip, uh, that doesn't always equal a golfer's height either, you know. So we get all, all kinds of different questions about that. Well, you know, I, I'm really tall, I'm six eight, but I have these short little T-Rex arms, you know. Like, what does that uh, what does that mean for me? And it's like your wrist to floor measurement is still perfect. 
because that's how you're going to swing a golf club. You know, we have mm-hmm. uh, some golfers that are, you know, five, five, four, and they're like, actually, my arms reach down below my knees. It's like, okay, that's perfect. It's still your arm length plus the length of the club to the ground that fits you into that position to get to, you know, to get to solid contact. And with putters, it's the same, you know, and uh, a lot of periphery, you know, but there's so many different ways of, of doing it. So it's not like we have this really long putter or anything like that, but we want to make sure that the golfer can at least be in a position where they feel comfortable instead of just buying a club off a rack that's this one length and you just have to get used to it. It's like, no, you know, if you feel more comfortable standing more upright, stand more upright. You know, if you don't want to use your periphery as much. Yeah. So, uh, so that's something that we're coming out with too. Uh, very excited about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the, that's one thing that we love is, you know, not like just keeping up with the times, but what, what else is next? You know, what else is, is, is brand new? And for the designers, that's, you know, that's what their charge is. That's what their challenge is, is to find it, not just come out with something mm-hmm. and say all this technology and laser pointing and all this, does it actually benefit the golfer? And if it doesn't, we don't come out with it is really what it comes down to. That's one of the, the benefits of being a customer focused business is we're not just going to throw something out there that doesn't help, you know? Awesome. Um, boy, uh, we haven't even talked about the, the rescue, you know, the, the hybrid clubs, the fairway metals and, and your drivers. So we are going to have you come back because there's many more questions that have to be answered. Um, I just find this clearly for, you know, ever since my first conversation with, with David was like, this sounds really fascinating to me. I, I've always been so intrigued by this, but uh, I want to make sure that that the and thank you very much for your generosity. The the audience is well aware that if you go to One Iron Golf and it's the number one I R O N G O L F One Iron Golf dot com, and you look over what they have, and you're interested in in getting some clubs. Uh, Matt has been very generous and offered the Golf Smarter community 10% discount on your purchase and with the checkout code GOLFSMARTER, one word, GOLFSMARTER. Um, you've heard that before. So, they, they, Matt, thank you very much for that. That was really, really kind. I appreciate that. Absolutely, Fred. And, you know, it's an honor for us to be on your show. And thank you for considering us again uh, after all these years so we could so we could talk again about uh, new, new things that have come out. And uh, obviously, the golf world has changed. And so many regards so we really appreciate we really appreciate it fred did you get a chance to watch the match three over thanksgiving it was pretty entertaining kinda <laughs> i think the big takeaway is that putting a really good amateur golfer like steph curry who's a plus one up against one of the greatest golfers in history phil mickelson proves that there's still a pretty huge gap between talent from an amateur and a pro. Plus, Steph was playing more like one of us than he did when he competed on the minor league golf tour uh, a couple of times. But that was just for publicity's sake, probably. But he's an excellent golfer, no question. But of course, the best part of the match was watching Phil do what we love on Golf Smarter, and that's give mental game and strategic advice. Did you notice that Phil kept saying to Charles Barkley, remember the two things we've been working on. Just focus only on those two things. Just focus on those two things only. Pretty good advice for all of us, isn't it? Well, now that we're officially in December, next week we'll highlight two conversations that focus on our golf lifestyle. 
On Golf Smarter, we'll meet the producer of a new golf documentary called Muni. And on Mulligans, we'll get a chance to hear once again from NBC and Golf Channel sportscaster Jimmy Roberts on the book that he wrote called Breaking the Slump, How Great Players Survived Their Darkest Moments in Golf and What You Can Learn From Them. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on what you'd like to hear on an upcoming interview, I'd love to hear from you. Just click on the Hey Fred button at golfsmarter.com. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And remember, Golf Smarter listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash golf smarter. Please visit indeed.com slash golf smarter right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That's indeed.com slash golf smarter. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> 